And just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really. People, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, Stephanie, you. just you cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the A Show with the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am Justin here with Meals. It is A Show 149, and we are reaching the end of the summer. I'm so bummed, but so glad because 2020 is almost over. <laughs> are you really bummed? Like, like what's to be bummed about? To be honest with you, I mean, the summer hasn't been great. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't even want to. I don't even want to talk about the summer because the summer. I don't know. It's just it was no summer. It was no summer. I, I, my summer's no, only wasn't. my summer's only great because I great things happened to me. Other than well, that, yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> yeah. in terms of like an RNC radio thing, it's been a great summer for us. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> like we have at least that to be thankful for, and then also <laughs> like doing 149 episodes, not completely like killing one another, not completely you know exploding, mega powers explode thing. I think you know what we have a lot to be grateful for. Absolutely, uh, but you know, yeah, we're here. 149 uh, episodes in. Uh, we've had such a <clears throat> crazy couple of days on 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 wrestling. We've had departures. We've had, we've had returns. We've had a whole new arena, a whole new stadium <laughs> um, to, to talk about wrestling. And let's let's get right into the news. With uh, at the top of the show, Renee Young uh, has left the WWE. Uh, she announced this uh, late last week. There was reports late last week after we recorded the A show. She confirmed it on Sunday's SummerSlam pre-show panel, and uh, she was gone. Uh, as of Monday, uh, she did leave a comment or an Instagram post, basically saying, "Hey, you know, this is going to be my last, uh, my last, you know, that was going to be my last day." And she said that she will actually, interesting, interestingly enough, still be on WWE backstage, which is kind of a. Uh, Kind of, kind of puts puts some some thoughts into where her contract was and how it landed. So it seems to me like she's not really done. From, from what I've heard, she's not really done with WWE. She's just leaving early. Her contract isn't up, but she's still required to do WWE backstage. Huh? Interesting. I think you know for the. Let me turn my freaking phone off. How about that? Yeah, come uh, on, turn that off. Listen, I, I put on do not disturb mode. But you know, I think just in general. Renee Young, wow, uh, said she was leaving. I'll be honest with you. Looked at the look at the pre-show for SummerSlam. She looks completely checked out. Not to say. Oh my that God! That whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. We just got breaking news. Wade Barrett what? is Wade Barrett is joining the NXT announce team this week. Woohoo! All right, turn that up. <laughs> wow, that is the most excitement <laughs> you've ever had in your life. <laughs> I love Wade Barrett. What? Come on. I love Wade Barrett. I don't know if you know this. I love Wade Barrett. Bad News Barrett was my shit. King Barrett was the shit. This is one more step for him to possibly return um, and, and do the damn thing again. I thought he was given a, a rough shake. <laughs> Whoa, sorry, Renee. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we completely shit. hold on. Let's get to Renee first, and then I'll talk about what pro wrestling she has reported here. 
Yeah, I, I'll I'll say this on the like I said on the pre-show, she looked kind of like really checked out, like and more so like I'm not hosting, I'm not doing anything, I'm kind of just here because I was told to be here, and I think everyone kind of wants to say goodbye. Um, it was I think her first appearance on WWE, you know, cameras since I think before she caught COVID. Um, yeah. So it was you know an interesting kind of setup, but she looked she looked exactly like how anyone would look if you put in your two weeks notice and you decided i'm going to leave a week early (laughs) yeah that that's exactly how she looked to me it seemed like she's leaving months early um i mean the backstage thing i'm not sure if it's a fox contract and a wwe one or a joint one but it seems like she's not completely done with the e yet um but she is open to go to other uh, sports channels right now so uh, again you know no you know no one will ever say Renee Young isn't the most you know talented. We, we talk a lot of a lot of stuff about people that get released on this show. Let's be clear. But Renee Young is a yeah. she's she's a one of a kind talent that I don't think they'll be able to replace very easily. I mean, you have Charlie Caruso, obviously, but you know Charlie she fulfills a different role. I think Charlie is, is mm-hmm. much more adept at being the uh, on on you know Johnny on the spot. <laughs> I think she's really good at that. But Renee to me could reach so many avenues. And you know, to be fair, they're trying with Charlie and Kayla Braxton. Of course, Kayla Braxton is taking over Talking Smack, which returned over the weekend. But you know, they're all kind of running through um, you know Renee's playbook, so to speak. And, and I think right. you know Renee set the she set the tone for everyone and, and set the standard so that there could be a Charlie or a Kayla on NXT in, in uh, Raw or SmackDown commentary. And, you know, they could host shows on Fox and, you know, they could be kind of like the front facing uh, representation of WWE. And I, and I think that, you know, more power to Renee. I think that to me, wrestling is like, to me, like very like low class for her. I think to, to me, like the sky for her is Whoa. like ESPN, it's CBS sports, it's Fox, you know, it's Fox sports, FS1, whatever. You know, I think that there is a, there's a higher ceiling for her than, than where she was. And, and I think, you know, all, more power to her for leaving and, and knowing her worth. You know, I, I, I want to say all the great things that you said, I completely agree with. I do think that WWE, she's always been, you know, She's always been, I don't want to say too good for wrestling because WWE is still like a major thing. Like it still reaches tons of homes, but once again, it's still in this kind of bubble that people maybe not outside of WWE will not know who the hell you are. Um, but she's she's incredibly awesome at her job, and I think she's a great commodity for the WWE. And you talk about the signings that they had over the last decade. We talk about the Kevin Owens, like the the, the Sami Zayn's, the, even the Brock Lesnar's, and like everybody the the people that they've acquired over the last number of years she has been a major acquisition i think in terms of revolutionizing the role of women in media in WWE in terms of just being a great personality that is completely beloved by everybody there's no one who says a bad thing about Renee Young about what she about how she is about her job about anything else um i'm going to miss her but then again i really it's weird because I hope that she goes on to do something completely different and yeah. completely amazing and completely groundbreaking herself. Like, I mean, Ellen might have a slot open. She could host the Ellen show. Who knows? I don't know. But she 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 shouldn't she, inherit. She shouldn't inherit that uh, <laughs> that that issue. No. <laughs> don't inherit that. You've, you've been from one toxic no, workplace no. to the next. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it's it's great. You know, best of wishes to Renee. We we love Renee here at the A Show, and you know, sad to see her go, but we're you know excited to see what she's got coming up next. 
moving along, WWE 24, WrestleMania 36 aired uh, over last weekend. Did you get a chance to peep it? Oh, yeah. I, I watched it. When I saw you tweeting about about like all these things, I was like, oh, I definitely got to watch it. Especially after they dropped that clip of Vince McMahon jumping off that balcony. Which is like a two-minute part of the show of, of a lot of different things to me uh it was it was more it was it was i felt like they were holding some stuff back on that one i'm not gonna lie i, I felt like of, mm-hmm. of all of the the wrestlemania 24s this one was pro- possibly the weakest but the mo- the one that i was most excited about i didn't need to see too much about the rear ripley thing it felt like it, it almost felt like and i don't know if you felt this way too it almost felt like they were selling this to an audience that never watched it before and when I yeah, when I really wanted which to, which is probably going to happen eventually. Yeah, this is going to end up on Fox, right? So it's, it's going to end up somewhere else, yeah. and that's the that's the big mark I have against it. But I really like the Kevin Owens part where he said, you know, I, I want to jump off of this, and um, I, I really enjoyed WWE for once saying, hey, COVID is real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is the reason why this has happened. I really enjoyed those parts, but um, in all, like you know, that and the untold Sasha and Bailey from the weekend were like two of my favorite things that I watched. Oh my god. Really, really oh my good. God, I never almost cried at watching an untold ever, like legitimately, like two times. That's how powerful that was. That match, you know, you go back to the Bailey and Sasha match from five years ago at NXT Brooklyn. It's still one of my favorite live moments, and probably still one of the best matches I've ever seen live. Period. Yeah. And just to kind of get the untold of that, the backstory, the the trepidation, the 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 lack of preparation, but at the same time, like the growth of both of them at the same, you know going at the same speed, kind of parallel their NXT careers. It was, being able to actually look back at it is incredible. Right. I would say that. Um, so when you, you know, when you get a chance, everyone needs to watch that. They're on the network now. Uh, I I personally thought the Untold was a little bit stronger, but if you wanted to see how they set up the, you know, WrestleMania 36 stuff, there there isn't going to be a lot of... You know what would have been, you know what would have been an interesting thing for the WrestleMania thing? Um... This that's like one of the last times we see Becky Lynch. Right. So like to follow Becky Lynch around and at least get like how she was feeling or anything like that. Well maybe they didn't want to do that. Maybe it was, you know, a bunch of morning sickness and all this other stuff like that. But to be able to go through her life and and even like a Shayna Baszler, right? Shayna Baszler, this is her first time on any sort of WrestleMania at all. And they just kinda of like breeze through it. So I think, yeah, I agree with you. It could have been a lot stronger. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, check that out on the network. It's there. Uh, it's really good. It should be like in the front, right next to uh, NXT TakeOver, which we're going to touch on just a little bit today. Uh, Cyrus will be back on the War Report this week, talking all about NXT and AEW. Uh, he's going to have a special guest. He hasn't even told us who it's going to be. So it's, it's, it's going to be yeah, somebody I have special. No idea who it's gonna be. I don't know who it's going to be. So uh, make sure you subscribe to us on the A Show RNC. Listen to the War Report this week coming out, uh, I believe, Friday. And Cyrus will be talking about NXT TakeOver in more in depth. But uh, before we talk about TakeOver, there was something that happened over, t- over the weekend with Talking Smack, which returned uh, this weekend or last weekend with Big E and The Miz. Which has got people. There's always something, right? Last week it was Mickey James. What is it? What is there with talking smack in the Miz that people just seem to generally? He he just starts fires on talking smack for whatever reason, and people just react to it however the hell they react to it. Yeah, it, it's it seems a little ridiculous this this time though. Like the first time it it's, it was like cool. This is a moment. This isn't even really to me like a moment. This is really and, and, and to, to to give more background into it. 
the online discourse over a certain group of people have said that they felt Biggie <clears throat> should be more serious and not a, a I won't say he's a goofball, but but not charismatic as he is, uh, it, you know, on the new day when the singles run. Right. Uh, Miz brings this brings this up <clears throat> completely in character on Talking Smack, and you know he says basically, you know, we we love you, Biggie, we think you're great, but you need to be more serious. You're still gyrating your hips and blah blah blah. And Big E basically goes on to talk about his you know his mission statement for who he is as a character. And when I saw it, I thought of it as, and I, I don't want to speak for you, Mills, but I saw it as, oh, this is WWE saying, stop thinking we're going to change this character because we're not. This is Big E given a chance to basically say, this is who I am. This is what I'm not going to do. And them taking the online fervor and saying, listen, we see you guys talking, but this is how we're going to do the story. And people still chose this as a racial angle that Miz was being serious and like people like Andreas Hale were just like this is like this is an example of you know white privilege in the workplace and it's just like this this is complete this is the most this is the most work of works. <laughs> like the Miz right. Daniel Bryan thing was probably 75% of shoot. This is literally about 89 to 95% of work. I I just didn't understand the fervor over this. So I do think I I'll be honest with you, I don't think it's anything sort of created by WWE, The Miz works. The Miz the Miz works all the time. And even when it's like he's not working the actual character in the ring, he's still working else places. He's still like he's from that kind of Hollywood scene where they always have to be he's hosting constantly. He's just kind of like in a mode and that he turns on. And it would be, you know, foolish to say that they haven't seen this discourse. Um about Big E, at least that Booker T has, you know, put out over the last number of weeks and we talked about it on a couple of shows ago regarding just like, oh, he's not serious to be WWE title contender ready. Um, the Miz, in my opinion, throws a complete softball. I don't know if it, it, I can't say it was the WWE's thing because it seems like Talking Smack is a very loosely scripted show compared to their heavily scripted shows where everything is kind of like, well, yeah, scripted. So it feels like a loosely scripted show. So he throws a softball for Big E to kind of just knock out the park. And I think that's exactly what Big E did. Now, in terms of just the discourse of like, you know, I think this is a general example of, yeah, in the workplace. But I do think that The Miz was like, okay, I'm I'm here playing devil's advocate. And I'm here saying, okay, Here's what I think, and da 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 da. So Big E can knock it out the park again because he's a fan of Big E and he's a friend of Big E. He was legitimately on the New Day's podcast earlier this week. <laughs> like that's what is so funny about kind of the discourse around this thing because it's clearly if you even look at kind of Miz's history and just everybody he's worked with everybody and he's decided, hey, I'm going to try my best to make everyone look good. That's what the Miz does. He tries to make every. He did it with Alex Riley. All those other things. I don't need to talk about it because then I go into the whole Miz spiel. However, please don't. This was kind of one of those. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm just not. This was one of those things, and I think it's crazy. I don't want to say it's crazy because it's kind of like. Hey, let, let, I mean, it it more play off. It more plays off as like satire, which people kind of just like decided to take the bait and kind of fall into. And I know it's. Um, I know it's sensitive. And, you know, far be it from us it to, is, to yeah. talk about how sensitive these types of relations are. But I'm sorry. This is supposed to be our escape. <laughs> Essentially, this right. is supposed to be in a, some sort of, a, of an escape. Once you're bringing, like, 
and, and, and again, you, you get kind of touchy when you talk about like bringing, you know, social stuff into this. Like there's, you know, you look at what's happening with the NBA, the NFL, MLB, like th- th- these are, these are crossing lines. But, but again, like I don't think that they would, that company would bring in any type of strife internally no. if they didn't have to. Right. 100%. So I, you know, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to be careful here too, because I don't want to make it seem like, Hey, you know, shut up and wrestle, but it's like, they should talk about it. And, and, you know, WWE does allow Big E and Kofi and Xavier and anyone else to make any statements that they want to sociopolitically yeah. that they want to. And I'm not, I'm not saying they shouldn't be able to, but I'm saying this isn't the, this wasn't the hill to die on here. This wasn't it. No, this was it wasn't. This was this was kind of y'all could have just let this one go as a really good promo from Big E. He spit that shit and just keep it moving. So right, he he, he added some. Don't get me wrong. He added some incredibly real elements to it because he was talking about Kofi and you know, like, listen, Kofi's you know too humble to say that he is one of the best to kind of do it right now. And if he's too humble to say it, I'm gonna say it. And he added some real elements into it. And I think that's kind of what Talking Smack has always been. Just a general show. It gives the talent and opportunity to kind of sound off and and speak from a real place and get themselves over. And I think that's exactly what the point of this was. I don't think it was really point to really like, oh my God, Biggie's doing it wrong and it is social strife. I don't, yeah, like like you said, I don't think it was the hill to die on. I really don't. Yeah. It, it wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't that big of a deal. It's not. But it wasn't, the, it's... <laughs> Nah, it just wasn't the hill to die on. Like it's like you it's clearly a work. It's a work. Yeah, y'all need to relax. It's a work. <laughs> They're chuckling it up on the New Day podcast this week. You can listen to that podcast this week. Trust me. It's not a it's 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 a work. White privilege. That's all I gotta say. Um let's talk about Takeover uh thirty really quick. Um Really, just 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 quick thoughts so we can run into SummerSlam. We have SummerSlam and another pay per view yeah. to talk about, so we have to kind of yeah, listen. I mean, we 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 did the predictions. You might as well be able to talk a little bit about the show. I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I'll say this about NXT Takeover Thirty. I thought, gosh. I don't know. Part of me thought it could have been a lot more grander, but you know, given the situation that we're in, blah 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 blah. But I do think it could have been grander. Um, yeah. But it was fine. I think it was just by name thirty, and but not by like practice of like let's bring in a bunch of people from. The, I mean, they did, but they do that every takeover. But I thought it could have been a little bit more grander. But you know, we got what we got. We got a we got a, a great opening match um, mm-hmm. between Finn Balor and uh. And um, what's my man Timothy Thatcher? What, what a different coming! What a different match that Finn Balor's ever had. Yeah, I think the challenge with Timothy is is them attempting to make his style uh, adaptable to a mainstream audience, sports entertainment. Yeah, and, <laughs> and because it's so like the the first thing this motherfucker does is put on a leg lock, and I'm like, oh, we're we're in for something here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. But Finn, he, you know, he, he skipped to his Lou. You know what I'm saying? Finn's gonna <laughs> like, Finn is gonna have a Finn match regardless of who he's in there with. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? I'll say this, though. This wasn't the typical Finn match because I think Finn, a lot of times, especially with kind of like how the WWE style is, he hits a lot of the beats. Yep. He didn't hit a lot of the beats in this one. He didn't do the – the. it wasn't a lot of like, you know, sling, sling blade into corner drop kick into a thing. It wasn't a lot of that. It was a lot of like, okay, let me try to stand side by side with Timothy Thatcher. Yeah. So 
I personally, I love the match. Uh, I think the big the big talk coming out of it is, of course, the main event and Pat McAfee's uh, performance against Adam Cole. I think Pat shut up a lot of haters. I saw your tweets. They were head-scratching at best, mm-hmm. but, of course, we, we predicted Adam Cole would come out on top. <laughs> uh, I, I thought Pat McAfee did a great job. I mean, somersault planches, do, going up for superplexes. I mean, th- he did stuff that... And, and I said this from the beginning, so I, I need you to I need you to tell me, you know, I need you to give me my props. I said I think that he's I, I don't think sure. he's just doing this for no reason. I think he's actually going to surprise us and wait till the match happens before we shit on the angle. And I think they ended the angle masterfully with with Pat showing that he could he was up to the task. But Adam eventually and and I, and I thought they they really played around it so well. Like the first time, uh, basically Adam gets you know taken advantage of by Pat was because he did the plunge on the floor. That's what led Adam to be a lot more hurt than usual. Like they didn't opened up like pat was the greatest wrestler in the world it was literally adam getting outsmarted and i thought that was the the way they they did the psychology behind this was pretty pretty sound no i think i think you're right i'll I'll say this (laughs) what pat did was incredibly impressive wow however (laughs) he still sucks (laughs) i as much as that can make sense it makes sense in my brain so I'm just going to go with that. But I do still think he sucks. But what he did was impressive. He, you know, minted. I mean, I can do – if someone asks me if I can do, you know, a front flip off the top rope, you know, maybe. You know, oh, I, I might be able to. Your muscles won't allow that. I might be able to. <laughs> nah, I've been, I've been doing that like a kid. I've been doing swanton bombs off of anything forever. Off the, um, off the, off the uh, fire escape of your apartment complex and shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut the fuck up. Um – uh, but either way, I thought, you know what? He did, uh, he did the damn thing. I'm not even gonna lie. He did it. He did it. Uh, they, they did a match. They had a match. Uh, it just, it was, it was good. It was I, I, I thought it was, and to be honest, it's the most, it's, it's probably the first or second most talked about match on the show. No one's talking about that Yo Shirai match at all. <laughs> Nobody. Right. <laughs> not a damn soul. Um, the main event, Karrion Cross, Keith Lee. They did it. They really did it. They 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 uh, had Karrion go over Chris uh, Keith Lee. Uh, people were pissed. I think we saw the writing on the wall there, just just with how uh, final that that defeat was. Uh, we learned seconds later after the show ended that Karrion Cross had a separated shoulder. We don't have any new news on that other than Karrion telling ESPN on Sunday morning, I believe, that he doesn't believe that he'll he'll miss a lot of time for the separated shoulder. So it might be a minor injury, but NXT is so they keep this type of stuff so close to the to the vest that we're not sure when he'll show up. But I think the biggest thing that let us know on on Saturday that Karrion was going to win was the fact that Ciampa is coming back on Wednesday. So I thought they couldn't have yeah, done they shouldn't have done that. Yeah, they should have done that. It was, to me, the moment you, I had any, you know, I think we both picked Keith to go yep. in in terms yep. of predictions. And I think it was still kind of lopsided before you go there. But when they did it, like, legitimately, like, minutes before the match started, saying Tommaso Ciampa returns on Wednesday, I was like, oh, never mind. Like, <laughs> He's just going to come back and, you know, enter well, the picture again. Well, there was a lot of outrage and hurt and, and pain and, and just agony over keith lee losing the title uh, no 47 day reign you did him wrong but then on sunday we got a huge keith lee commercial of him uh moving up to raw that's how it goes and i think that's some that's a possibility that we explored as well last week because yep. we believe that keith lee even from the moments of survivor series last year to the royal rumble to kind of a lot of other different moments 
in his NXT career thus far, he's always kind of displayed the beats of like a main roster superstar. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're going to talk about it a little bit later in the show, but he's going to show that. Yeah. But I thought I thought the match itself, and I don't want to give you know I don't want to take too much from Cyrus and special guests, but I thought the match was, I thought Keith Lee did a great job with Cameron Cross in that mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. He did. I will say that. I think Keith Lee did an amazing job in putting over to the fact that when it happened, I was like, "Oh, that you couldn't sense. even be mad at it. you couldn't even be mad at it." Like I, I yeah. was like, "They they had a spectacular." And you know what was crazy about it? And the, and again, people were complaining about this. It was so unlike any NXT title match we've ever seen before. And if that if that is the case, I'm completely fine with a nice 20 minute NXT title match to end the show. 15 minute title match to end the show. We haven't had that for so long. It was a breath of fresh air for me, one. Two, the way that it was worked, it wasn't a bunch of guys doing flippy stuff and kicking out of a bunch of stuff. I think there was only like two or three pinfalls in the match period. And 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 I thought that Karrion, again, was able to show his hybrid style of power brawler, technical. And I thought Keith Lee worked around that. And they also, what was interesting to me, they didn't have Keith doing planchas and code reds and stuff like that. They had Keith... Properly playing a big man in, the, in a babyface fight from under roll, and eventually it, it caught up to him, and he couldn't handle it anymore, and he lost. So, bravo to Keith, bravo to Karrion. I hope he's not hurt. I would love to see him face other people on the, on the show. Um, but yeah, that that is. Uh, I, I'm going to leave the ladder match for for Cyrus on the War Report, but I thought the ladder match was, was yeah. pretty good too. Um, yeah, yeah. So we have SummerSlam. Would you want you want to take this? Yeah, let's talk about SummerSlam a little bit because, first of all, we have to – I mean, before SummerSlam itself, we kind of got a taste of what the Thunderdome is last Friday on SmackDown, the first ever live SmackDown in quite some time. Actually, I don't even know if it's quite some time, but live from the Thunderdome. Live from the trademark Thunderdome. Um, Let's talk about our first thoughts on the Thunderdome. How do you like it? Do you feel like they've got everything kind of like figured out? Are we still figuring things out? Do you like the kind of – interactive fan experience with this um i i know and again cyrus can probably speak to this as well as like people like juan and and and, you know nelson who also did it last week i i think the look to me everyone everyone was completely negative and and again i know this we're going to talk about this a lot the show the end the wrestling twitter right now is like literally a wasteland of opinions people hated this when without seeing this in person without with, with, with like blurry Android screenshots of what was happening when they did a right. test run last Thursday. Then when Friday hit, everyone was like, oh, it actually looks good. I think look-wise, yeah. it's something that from WWE, I've never seen. It looks like a mini mania. You know what I'm saying? It looks like a mini mania set. And, and I think that, it, right. again, and look at the ratings this week. Everything's up across the board for every every show because this was a big deal. And this is a shot in the arm that they needed as well as the angles that we're going to talk about in SummerSlam and going into the new shows. This was a shot in the arm that they needed. The PC, people were talking about, oh, I'm going to miss the PC era. I'm fucking not. I'm done with the PC. No, I'm not, not going to miss the PC era. I'm fucking, Get that out of here. <laughs> please stop. This is way better. It makes them look big time. It makes them look like a company that people put a billion dollars into. So shout out to them yeah. for actually turning this over, you know, in the time that they turned it over. However, my only caveat was that the sound, right? Like the can, they, they have canned sound uh, for the, the crowd. And on SmackDown, it was way too loud. It's, <laughs> at, Summer, at SummerSlam, though, it was just right, right? And it, and it was like you, you could barely even notice that it was a fake crowd noise. Raw, right back to garbage. It was really loud. 
Like, there was one point where Drew was giving a promo, and he had to stop because it was so jarring. He was like, oh, I love the Thunderdome. And I was just like, no, you don't. And I was just like, you have no idea what's going on, do you? <laughs> exactly. You have nothing in your ear. You don't know how the sound is. It's terrible. It sounds like there's a smattering of people just having their own side conversations yeah. as he's speaking. Right. It sounded like um, he was in a bar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty much. Like, you know, that's my only gripe with it is, too. I think... You know, I had an initial, I was like, oh, they're going to have to get rid of that background thing. But it, it looks, honestly, it looks fine. And the fact that they've managed to fit however many people, hundreds or a thousand or however many of these tiny little screens and tiny little people in there and managing to do that two times a week, three times a week, multiple times until, you know, whenever this thing runs out at the end of a couple months from now. But it looks great. It looks fantastic. And the presentation just looks you know, up to bar, up to par. And I think the presentation itself lent to, like, imagine if we're still in the PC, right? And what <laughs> happens at SummerSlam happens at SummerSlam. Oh, hell no. I think the presentation lent itself to one of the biggest moments that we've seen in quite some time. And the one that we've wanted for quite some time. And that was the return of the big dog, mm -hmm. Roman Reigns. You'll never see it coming. I don't think any of us saw it coming. Um... He returned. In, <laughs> well, maybe you. But he returned at the conclusion of the main event between The Fiend and Braun Strowman, which The Fiend defeated Braun Strowman because Braun Strowman is ass. Um, let's talk about it. The return. Yeah. Roman Reigns. How do we feel? I, I got to cut. Well, obviously, we love it. We're going to gush over it for about five minutes here. But I, I, I want to talk before that, that the, the way WWE set it up was, I thought, really interesting and smart. Uh, almost to the to the extent where it was kind of it kind of sucked for Alexa Bliss, but um, you know, <laughs> oh, going yeah. into this, we, we <laughs> K camp shout we, out to we her. Knew we <laughs> they cut her off for real. We knew there needed to be a big moment on the Thunderdome to kind of kick it off right, and I we heard that the Drew uh, McIntyre Randy Orton thing wasn't going to be an event. So we thought it was going to be Retribution that was coming out, right? The whole night, we're waiting for Retribution. Yeah. The whole night, we're waiting for, for the lights to go out. So at the end of the night, we're like, okay, I guess we're going to get Retribution attacking The Fiend. And the camera work to me, and, and this is a company that doesn't do camera work very, very well, or if at all, lately, especially with the Rey Mysterio match from Raw. But um, they had The Fiend holding up the belt. Then he looks over to his left, and I was like, okay, there goes Retribution. Boom! Out of the side of the screen, it's Roman, and I hopped out my seat like, "Holy fuck, he's fucking back!" Oh my god! And it was like the way that Michael, the way Michael Cole even like was just like, "Who is that?" It was like he was wearing all black too, which is also awesome because you're you're still thinking it's Retribution until you he, he flips his hair up and you see it's Roman Reigns. I thought it was a spectacular reveal. I think Roman immediately immediately gives SmackDown a shot in the arm where on Friday I'm like I'm fucking watching that show. First of all. I'm watching SmackDown every week. 100% because Roman Reigns returned. First of all he's jacked. He's got a t-shirt. Wreck everything and leave. Whatever. He's got new Hollywood teeth. He is in here. <laughs> he got cartoon teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But he came. I mean this is something that we've been looking forward to for quite some time and we didn't. We wasn't sure it was going to happen at least in this COVID era. But not when the, I mean, we can promptly move over the Thunderdome era of WWE and Roman Reigns returns. It's a shot in the arm immediately after he's targeting the W, you know, the Universal Championship. 
all scenes again right in the world. Like you're looking at everything back in the WWE picture, especially after the SummerSlam card, and it's like, wow, there's you know Sasha and Bailey, and oh my god, this this Drew thing is all hidden, and oh my god, Roman Reigns is back. Like you're you're mm-hmm. here, and you're like, oh my god, we're gonna be all right. But it also it also lends some credence because of course on SmackDown um, Friday we saw AJ Styles lose the IC title. I think some things are opening up, mm. if you will, for for Roman to for Roman to have some dance partners uh, if he does indeed take the title back. Um, it was announced very very quickly on Raw, but countlessly throughout the show that there's going to be a, a triple threat, no holds barred, uh, universal title match between Braun, The Fiend, and Roman Reigns for the universal title. So we can look forward to that on Sunday. We're going to talk about our thoughts on that in a minute. Right. But immediately, Roman's back and it's 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 to the races. And to me, I'm just going to say it. Let's just wipe the last five months away yeah. I mean, <laughs> of, of the of the men's of the men's division on SmackDown. It just didn't matter. It didn't matter at all. <laughs> non-canon. Completely non-canon. Um with that said, I mean, we have the universal title picture, you know, currently in thing. Another one, the WWE Championship, I thought was a better match than I thought it would be at any point. And I don't know still why I doubt Drew, but it's not so much doubting Drew as it much as like Randy Orton just going through the motions for the last 15 years. But I thought Drew... Bro, how about... We can't even doubt Randy no more, which is crazy. 2020 is wild. I mean, from all the, I would say character work, you're right. The match work, he's still good, but he's still he's 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 just you know he's still Randy. At the end of the day, it's still Randy Orton match. Like it is what it is. So you're not going to expect anything new. But I thought what they brought with this WWE Championship match, the back and forth, the you know Randy Orton managing to kind of like dismantle Drew McIntyre but Drew McIntyre also kind of responding and neither of them managing to find a way to put the other one out until it came to a quick lapse of like a quick moment a quick step away from Randy Orton where he got caught up in a you know a backslide and he he loses the match and I thought it was incredible yeah neither man hit their finisher and, and that's going to be a, a big moment. Um, we're going to talk about this again. <laughs> we try, we're kind of get, we're trying to get caught up to the to the present, but um, that that thing is going to be a big storyline when they do have their their rematch. But I think it's very smart that they're prolonging the rematch with what happened on Raw. But uh, yeah, we'll get to that. But uh, we also have to talk about there was another highlight match. I think the Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville hair versus hair match on Friday turned into a loser leaves. WWE match. Sonya Deville is the loser in this match, so she is effectively gone from the WWE for mm-hmm. how long? We don't know, but we know kind of sports entertainment, so she'll be back. But considering all the real life events, and we got a lot more details before the SummerSlam weekend kind of begun, and kind of like how everything shook out with, you know, the person who broke into her house, and, you know, Mandy, who's also there, and everything like that, kind of how it shook out, you kind of we're trying to figure out like how you would be in the right state of mind to even compete, even even go to SmackDown on Friday, much less compete on a full you know fledged match on Sunday. So I kind of got to give it to both of them for managing to kind of like do this. And I think turning it from a hair versus hair match, which is already like a thing you kind of have to worry about in the back of your mind, is like fuck, I'm going bald. Yeah. Like on top of like. How do I deal with this whole, like, real-life situation? She's, you know, speaking with cops and law enforcement and all these other things. But then, like, one day she's, like, has hair. And then one day she's bald. Well, the, her, lawyer told her, her lawyer told her not to go through with that match. That's why it changed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I w- and I would imagine so. Like, it's, don't do that. But the loser leaves WWE match, I mean, 
it was still a personal match. And I think, you know, was it the best women's match on the card? No. But I do think that they worked as well as they could with the skill set that they have. And they're it both was, still me, still incredibly green, but they still worked the best match they could at SummerSlam. It, it was damn good. I, I almost went four on it just on the fact that it felt like a fight. It, there were no holds. It was just straight up like violence. I know Mandy had a little issue with the table, but other than that, I thought it was it was a it was a real fight. And and Sonya definitely showed me a lot. I I, I think that Sonya character wise, she's one of the best characters heel characters on, on the show. I, I think that she handles it so much differently than any other woman on the show. And, and you know, whenever she comes back, you know, Lord willing, I hope hopefully uh, sooner than later that she continues that streak and she's able to, to do that. And, and she makes Mandy's life a living hell again. So we can have that, that actual <laughs> hair versus hair match going down the line. But I thought it was a really good match. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Let's uh let's see if we can roll through a couple of these matches real quick so we can head back to the present time. But Seth Rollins defeats Dominic Mysterio and every bit of the match I think we kind of imagine with the street fight. Yeah. Uh, Seth Rollins looks completely despicable. I mean, at at one point in this match, he handcuffs Rey Mysterio to the ropes so you can watch him beat the shit out of his son. Or, or um, his mom. He turned to his mom at that point. And he turned to, yeah, he turned to Angie who... <laughs> Looks like she got a working punch herself, to be honest with you. Like, she, she, she looks like she could whoop Seth Rollins' ass if she wanted to. Um, I've just seen that stern look from a... from a. Uh, I, I've seen before. that stern look <laughs> from, <laughs> from a woman before. No, I, I, thought, I thought Seth, again, people really gave him a, a, a hard time last year, <clears throat> in the beginning mm-hmm. of this year. And I think that for someone who got such a hard time, he is someone who has consistently made guys look so well this year. From Drew McIntyre to uh, Aleister Black to so mm-hmm. many other people that he's faced this year. Right down to Dominic Mysterio in his first uh, first match ever. And I thought the just the little character stuff that he did. Having the Halloween Havoc Rey Mysterio gear was really, like to me, a moment where I was like, okay, Seth is, Seth is good at this stuff. He knows what he's, he's doing. Locked in. Yeah, he, he he's good at this stuff, and this is something that he wanted. And I could tell that he and Ray and Dominic they had so much control over the storyline as far as what they wanted to do and what they're doing. And I thought that to me, it's one of the best storylines of the summer. To me, like it's, it's definitely up there. Where it's like, okay, this has had time put into it, it's had effort put into it, and it's had care put into it. And this is what happens. You have a really great match, and and Seth once again carried Dominic to such a great fucking match. And Props and right. kudos go to him. It was my favorite match of the night. That and the Oscar Sasha match were my favorite matches of the night. You know how did we? How did we think that Dominic did, especially in this role? I mean, we have a role where back to back days on this weekend we see Pat McAfee, someone who's not typically a wrestler, step into the ring, and we see Dominic Mysterio, who we've never really seen in an official capacity in the ring, um, wrestle in this match. How do we think that we he's actually done? I think he's done great. I mean. A big, big caveat here, like we know he's been training for years. The ESPN article came out a couple of days before the show, which showed he's been training for upwards of like half a decade almost. Like they love just doing stuff like this. So I think as far as like taking everything he's learned into into account, absolutely he was impressive. I think that let him learn a little bit more, let him get a little bit more character under his back. Like let him kind of fly on his own for a while. So so like he can kind of get his own storylines and get his own moves off. And I think he'll be fine. I, I, I don't want to see him like, lean into Ray's moveset too much. I want to see him create and do his own thing. And I think we're going to be able to see that in the next couple of years. I wonder if 
we're going to see him kind of evolve as a professional, like actually go through the ranks, like if he's in NXT or something along those lines, or it's just purely a storyline kind of type of thing. That's kind of what I'm interested in. That would be a shot in the arm for NXT, honestly. I, I think that he's definitely somebody that could be in the cruiserweight division and could really give a lot of star power to that division. I mean, you've got already Legato Del Fantasma. You've got Swerve over there. You've got Kushida. Like he could be facing basically like a learning tree of a lot of guys he could learn a lot from. So I, I love that idea. Yeah, 100%. Um, let's wrap up our SummerSlam thing, even though a lot more stuff happened on the card itself. But let's wrap it up with the, the double women's um, match, championship matches. Bailey defeats Asuka to open up SummerSlam. Before we, before I don't we think do was, that, before we do that go ahead. Let's, let's raise Seth's jersey to the rafters. Oh, I mean, well, yeah, it's, it's been there since he beat the hell out of that kid with the kendo stick. Okay, all right. I'm just making sure. Yeah. I, I had to. Pro- I promised people on Twitter this week. We'd be raising his his jersey in the Raptors. Seth is next to Oscar and Bailey. He's there. He's solidified. And then there's the, there's a the provisional Becky. Uh, like you know, how Taylor Swift has a jersey in the in the Staples Center. Becky has one like, right there. <laughs> Becky has one right there. So they're all there. Listen, they're all there. Let's let's talk about this Bailey. You know, Bailey uh, Oscar match. I think it was. You know what? I don't think it was their best match, but I do think no. it was like serviceable in terms of like okay, ultimately. This is part one of this story, and it eventually led to part two, where Asuka defeated Sasha Banks, you know, which we're finally seeing. The most important thing about this is that we're finally seeing the seeds for the story. I mean, they've been there before, but I think they've got kind of lost in the whole, like, title shuffling, main event, show jumping type of deal. But we're finally kind of getting to see the real seeds being planted for this Bailey and Sasha program, and I am so, so happy. I'm so How ready. did you feel about it? How did you feel about this? Um, I <clears throat> Props go out to Asuka. Let her get, like, two weeks off. <laughs> Please. I, and I think they're going to give that to her the, uh, this weekend. Let Asuka have a couple of weeks off. Like, she's been working a grueling schedule within the bubble, so to speak. You know, like, she has she's worked every single week, every pay-per-view. She worked twice, three times in a weekend which is insane for her. Like, let her get let her get a break. She's the Raw Women's Champion again. She should, she should have never lost it, in my opinion, and I'm pretty sure Mills agrees. Um, she should have never lost the title, but she has it back now. Let that let her get out of that storyline and let her move into her next storyline for the fall. I thought the Asuka-Sasha match was, to me, the, the strongest of the two. Uh, I, I just think Asuka and Sasha can do no wrong. I think Asuka and Bailey can do no wrong, too, but Asuka and Sasha just have a chemistry that's just... Second to none. The, the the sunset flip power bomb was brutal. The the top rope DDT that Oscar did to Sasha was freaking brutal. Like these women just get each other, and I, and I think that like let's just say this now, like it's the four horsewomen, but you got to put Oscar on that on that level too. It's the four horsewomen and Oscar because those are the those are the that's the women's division. Those are the the measuring sticks for this division. And I know we you know Oscar had that one year where she was off, but ever since she's come back from that and she went to she turned heel. And she got the tag titles with Kyrie. She's been on another level since then. And she's finally come into her own. And she's finally, she's realized the the vision that we've always had for her as far as being the workhorse for the division. And she's there now. Yeah. I mean, I think this SummerSlam was just, a, you know, the personification of that. It's like, damn, she's a workhorse. She legitimately worked two matches in one SummerSlam card, which it's very rare air for any superstar. Right. Um and 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 just to be able to continue to weave that story and kind of get Bailey and Sasha and everything like that, I think it's it's amazing. I'm I'm happy, especially after Raw, um, which I guess we can transition into. Um, we're moving off of that subject, 
we had our we had the rematch in the semi main event of the show with Oscar versus <laughs> Sasha. Sasha job jobbed. Let's be clear. That was like three minutes. <laughs> oh yeah. Listen, we back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, she's super jobbed. I think she, the storyline here, the storyline here is that Sasha twice in a row has asked for Bailey's help or needed Bailey's help. And Bailey has either neglected to give her help or just downright not been there when Bailey has been there for Sasha. Yeah. And you can or, look, Sasha's been there for Bailey. You can look at the history from WrestleMania to every title match after that for Bailey. Sasha Banks has always been there, and Sasha Banks has always been the factor as to why Bailey retained. And the one time, the one time we asked you to do something, you can't even do that. So we're seeing the seeds planted. But um, you know, not only are we seeing the seeds planted, we're we're gonna flip around on this thing because while we're here at Sasha and Bailey, we might as well just go into their payback plans. Um, payback, WWE payback is looming in the background because it is coming this Sunday. <laughs> yes, it's not even in the background, it's in the foreground. We don't get a break. Listen, uh, so WWE payback is this Sunday on you know the WWE network. We got some matches, they decided to go ultra speed on the booking of the show. They said, Let's take what we're gonna do in four weeks, which was probably like four weeks of Drew getting kicked in the head, and let's do it in one night. Um, Sasha Banks and Bailey. We knew that the match going into payback, they would have to defend their women's tag team championships. I thought that was a great little add of booking to this entire thing. Um, just like it's looming in the, that's what I meant in the background, kind of. It's looming in the background. Like beyond them having to defend their championships at SummerSlam, they also have to remember they're defending their tag team championships the following week. And yeah. we learned their opponent this week. In quite possibly the most head, most head scratching way that I will say <laughs> that I've ever seen a match kind of being put together. Um, I mean, it basically, Naya, it, it, it kind of turned the whole heels beating up the face thing. Shane is a face. Shane is a face. Kind of. I like it. Yeah, I like she's it. a face. She's a tweener. She's a tweener. She's a tweener. I, I like I'll it. I'll say, she, okay. I, I agree. I, like I think. You know, they kicked off Monday Night Raw with Sasha, ba- not Sa- not Sasha, Bailey versus uh, Shayna Baszler, Shayna. which I thought, great match. I mean, why not? Really good. But kick off really the Thunderdome good. with that. And then it ended up with Nia Jax interfering. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, they get into their little hockey fight type of thing. Sasha and Bailey try to retreat. Um, apparently, Shayna and Nia thought that they were now being used by these tag team champions that they've wow, only come you? in contact with once. <laughs> Would you would you look at that? <laughs> would you look at that? They they looked. I think Nia even said, "What's so funny?" When she looked at Sasha and Bailey, I was like, "That was a, that was a nice touch." Um, I, I what I didn't like was that promo in the beginning where there was an Adams family jab and 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 Shayna mentioned something that only an old white man could have written. Can you let these ladies have their own, you know, promos unscripted here? I thought that was just really unnatural. Like I I, yeah. I didn't like the promo they had with each other, but I, I guess they're gonna be the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Um, I, I, let's just get into the predictions. Like, I think there's no chance that they win this. I think that this is, this is to, in service, of, this is in service of their storyline, which I think they're going to, they're going to stretch out the Oscars Shayna match as long as possible, which is smart. Um, I would even stretch it out as far as to like go to maybe TLC. Cause I think with Survivor Series coming up, um, and there's no pay-per-view in October. So with Survivor Series coming up, I think you, you have Oscar and Shayna kind of battle it out for, to be team leader team captain for for uh, team raw so i think that would be an interesting wrinkle for for those two but uh i, I think that we're gonna get naya and Shayna next month uh what's the what's the next one clash of champions clash of champions uh in september so 
Uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on them winning this, but I think that this will also still set up more, uh, more of a break between Sasha and Bailey, and I think they need to drop it to a real tag team. So that's my, my, my opinion. Sasha and Bailey. Yeah, I think you know, I do think they need to drop it to a real tag team. I think the only reason that they have the tag team championships is in service to being able to do a program on multiple shows. Yes. And have multiple opponents as if because they ran through the SmackDown roster like no one's business. And they needed um, to, ratings-wise and just show-wise, they, they were the hottest program in the summer. I yeah. mean, just to be honest, like, they needed them on all shows. We're in the Thunderdome, baby. We don't need y'all no more. Y'all can go back to y'all show. We you know what? I'm not I'm not completely sure they'll retain, but I, do, I don't think it's a great idea to put it on Shayna and Nia, just personally. <laughs> um, just because it's really out of nowhere. You don't need them both on the both shows it clearly looks like you're still doing a naya and Shayna program so why have them hold the tag team championships um so we'll see but you know that is the payback match it's going to be hell for bailey and i think bailey and sasha will play their role because Shayna baszler and naya Jax is a scary motherfucking team <laughs> yeah <laughs> on paper on paper on paper so we'll see um also on monday night raw let's see let, let's start here randy orton wreaks havoc on Drew McIntyre all night, legitimately all night. Um, he's like the first the person to get the. He's like the first person to get the jump on Drew in the past five months. Like he's the first yeah. person to actually outsmart him. I think you know what I think. I think Randy Orton, after being after losing that match the way he did, decided I'm done with all the cool, cool, calm, and couth type of thing. Now we're kicking the shit out of people, and that's what he did all Monday night. He kind of had enough of everywhere where Drew was going. He kind of broke the entire kind of mold, the kind of like the the whole character that he's built over the last number of months with Edge and the Legend Killer. He's a the legend killer was kind of like the smooth killer type of thing, I think. And he would have those moments where he just like, you know, he ends up like, oh, he's snapping and he kicks a person in the head. He decided to forego all that smooth shit and just started kicking Drew McIntyre in the head. It starts off Monday Night Raw. Um, Drew McIntyre gets a punt twice in the head in Gorilla. How do you feel about Gorilla fights? I don't. I was like, what? They, what? they did it with. Um, they did it with Fiend and Braun. A match that I thought was heavily truncated because of the Roman return. I feel like they wanted to do a lot more before yeah. before Roman said, "Okay, I'm coming back." But um, I, I think it's fine. I, I think it's because they might not have a whole backstage area set up yet. That was, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, because there was a lot of room in there. I was like, aren't there people supposed to be here? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is going on here? But no, they did. I mean, we got the double punt in the gorilla. Uh, Randy Orton comes out to cut another promo, essentially saying like, yo, Drew, I'm coming back for your WWE championship. Drew comes back out, gets punted. Well, he comes back no, out. He I think he... Later. Go ahead. He comes out later. He comes out later. Before before Drew comes out, uh, Randy is interrupted by... Oh, yes. Makes his debut on Raw... And uh, pretty much I mean, the internet. Sure. I wasn't there live in person for this, uh, so you got you got to hype me to how people felt about it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> people were people were not happy. I think people were generally all right. So here's the thing: you have the general excitement for Keith Lee debuting on Monday Night Raw, which is ha, huh. and then you kind of have the the skewed kind of a reaction when you see not only has his music change, which kind of threw everyone off a loop, but his gear has changed. And I mean, granted, those are kind of like, ultimately in the long run, those don't matter. 
Yeah. It just doesn't. Yeah. Like, those are very small things. Uh, you know, ultimately, he's still Keith Lee. He's still debuting on Monday Night Raw. He's still facing Randy Orton. So I think those are very small things. But you kind of get a look of, like, okay, have they seen Keith Lee? Like, have they – does Vince McMahon truly know how good Keith Lee is? And that's kind of what I asked myself when, they, you know, he's now here wrestling in a top. He's right here wrestling in shorts. They don't even match. Um I, that's kind of what I was wondering. How did you feel about Keith Lee's kind of debut on Monday Night Raw? I, I was three hours late to the to the party. <clears throat> I mean, obviously, obviously, obviously disgust at his theme. I thought that the theme thing was is just to me a, a big part of him. But I think that's because we are I, again. I can be guilty of it too. Very sensitive about certain certain performers on the show. Um, the gear, the gear. He's never had really cool gear. I always thought his gear looked a little bit janky. Anyway. Uh, it, it's just gears always look jank. Like the like the Black Lives Matter shit was cool, but it was like it looked like it was done like in the middle of the mall. But like, yeah, Mikazi needs to hook him up. What's going on? I, and I and I think that's what we're gonna get to. L- listen, that gear can change to me. Like the gear can change. Yeah, gear can change. It's, it's not important. Yeah, it's never been like to me that big of a deal. The 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 song, of course, is the issue. And uh, Sean Ross Sapp actually had a fightful update on the song today where he said basically what I thought. It was a clearance issue. So Keith's song, even though he was rapping on it, was actually produced by CFOs who uh, don't work with the WWE anymore. And basically, Keith had to sign off on a new song. So much like Garza and uh, Umberto, who had who had rotating themes when they first got called up. We had fire themes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, the themes were fuego. And they had to – well, I, I'm, I've come around to Angel's theme. It's a lot slower, but it's basically the same thing that he had. It's, it's just a lot slower. I think that – Angel Garza type beat, yes. Yeah. Of course. Of course. But, I mean, it's not terrible. But it's, it's just interesting to me what CFO stuff they kept and what they didn't keep. Like, Street Profits theme is clearly not a not a Def Rebel song. Like no. it's not like no. certain, certain like Sasha Banks is CFOs. Not yet. Uh, Bailey's Bailey's is Def Rebel, of course. But I mean, you know, a lot of people still have their CFOs theme, probably because they're just synonymous with it. Keith gets a gets a you know a clean break here, and essentially he's he's you know he has a new song. But I think that can change as far as him in the ring, as far as his his, his positioning, he's not done at all. I, I didn't see him. Yeah. I didn't see him being destroyed from the moment he got there. Randy gave him a lot. On, on Monday for the no. DQ, he gave him a lot. He's he's a, he's he's going to be a big deal. I think that's what it, it kind of shows. Um, do I think if I had to rate this on the tier of like call ups in terms of like who is the future and like who is like just a call up that we just threw out here? He's high on the scale. Yeah, I would say probably the highest call up that I can ever give in like kind of call up history is the Shield. The Shield had like a five-year plan built into them as soon as they came up. They went to, and, the um, Shield, and, and, to, and to bring in a singles competitor, Finn Balor. I mean, Finn yeah, Balor did yeah. night, night one beat Roman Reigns. Keith Lee night one is in a is in a match with Randy Orton and doesn't take a pinfall. Like and and his right. his, his DQ loss is in service of a story. He didn't get pinned, and then he even mentioned it even later in the show. Mentioned you know if if Drew was here, I would have told him don't interrupt my match. But now that I see what happened to him, because, of course, Drew gets a third punt right after that, which leads Keith to challenge Randy Orton at payback. And we're going to get Randy Orton versus Keith Lee at payback. If you would have told me this two years ago, that this would have fucking been happening, I would have laughed at you in your face. This is his first yeah. real pay-per-view, first match against a Hall of Famer in Randy Orton. Um, I think the match is going to be really good. Like I think Randy's moving at a different clip. 
And I think that the way that, you know, what he showed on, on Monday, if that's any preview of how he's going to work for Keith on Sunday, I, I think he's going to be in good hands. Now the question comes. I don't, even think he, I don't even think he needs to work. Keith is really good. Yeah. Like he's, to me, he's I mean, I'm talking about selling. I'm talking ready. about selling. I'm talking about selling for him. All right, all right. Right, right, of course. But Keith, uh, like I said, <clears throat> because that's why I don't think there's a necessarily problem with all these changes. Keith Lee is insanely good. He is, he has got the WWE style kind of down. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not completely perfected, but he's got it down to a T where he's, it's right movements. It's the right tone. It's the right timing. It's kind of everything that you kind of want out of a star that's going to be a major star in the WWE in the future. He can, he creates moments himself. He goes, I won't say it's like he goes into business for himself, but he stops and he's like, okay, let me assess kind of what's going on. And he's everything that all the old people say of like, oh my God, you gotta, you know, they're going too fast. He's very, deliberate in the things that he does and i think that's why he was so appreciated in nxt yeah i i like the well, when he caught randy's punch like you don't see spots like right. that anymore like not even braun does that spot you know like you don't see that and i thought what was really interesting and I, and I mentioned this again is that keith had stopped doing that acrobatic athletic stuff in nxt months ago when he won the title so like when you know after that he kind of moved into a slow style now. Then huh, he's kind of working WWE style now. He's not really doing the big. He's more power move oriented, and but he's still good at doing that. And I th- I think if we get the keep where he you know he does the pop up where he pops up on somebody from behind, we still get that. I think that's still amazing. I think we can we can we can still work with that. Now as far as the match, I'm of the mind here that a loss won't hurt Keith because again you have to keep Randy strong. But I also am of the mind that, like, if they're going to be, you know, putting a lot behind Keith, you have him beat Randy now so that Randy can beat Drew, so that Randy can beat Drew in the rematch, and that Keith can say, hey, I have a right to get a title shot. Because to me, on Raw, it looks like everyone's taken right now. Everyone's accounted for on Raw right now. Why not, why not have Drew versus Orton versus Keith? There's no there's no one really out there right now. It looks to me, U.S. titles taken for... Uh, Alistair and KO, they have their own thing going on. Why not just let Keith, uh, Keith run with it? And I think that's, you know, that's just my thought. So I'm going to I'm gonna predict that. And I'm not going to be mad if he loses. I'm not going to say he's done if he loses because I don't think losing to Randy Orton is like, you know, a burial. But I think Keith Lee wins this match. I also agree. I think Keith Lee wins this match. I don't think you give him, I mean, like you said, we're not going to be mad if it happens. Yeah. It's just the name <laughs> of the game. But I don't think at this point, Give Keith Lee to win. Why not? <laughs> You're not really doing anything. Just build him, establish him at this point. It does nothing for Randy. Randy Orton is not out of the title picture because he, he lost to Keith, Keith Lee. Lee. Yeah. It, Keith yeah, Lee's a double, like, you know, kayfabe wise. He's the only double champion in NXT. He's the only guy that's done all these things. We've seen him before in these shows. We've seen him handle Roman Reigns. We've seen him handle Drew right. McIntyre. Why not? Drew Mag, I mean Drew McIntyre is probably gonna come out anyway with some something wrapped over his head. I don't know. We're selling something, <laughs> and, and just like you know, Claymore, Randy Orton for the culture. So we, you know, I, I think we'll see Keith Lee win. That's what I think we'll see. Or or what um, if the story or what if the story is Drew keeps interrupting Keith's matches and that's what makes them not cool anymore. Oh, that would suck. <laughs> That would suck. Then I would have to power bomb Drew McIntyre. I would have to spirit bomb power bomb that motherfucker for interrupting his match. Yeah. Um. But but in all what... in all, I I other than the the gear 
and the music, I I I remain I remain optimistic. Not even cautiously, I remain optimistic because you, we've seen people get called up, Mills. We've seen some right. people get called up in the last couple of years. We've seen Kyrie Sang get called up. We've seen like Absolutely. we've seen Shinsuke Nakamura get called up and go right into Dolph Ziggler. Right, they're doing something different with Keith Lee, and, and I think we gotta we gotta pay attention to see where they're going with this. Absolutely, I agree. Um, we should probably note that. Uh, let's see. There's another match on the show. I mean, I don't know why they didn't do this on SummerSlam, but they did it. We're getting on Payback. Apollo Cruz versus Bobby Lashley for the U.S. Championship. So stupid. Um, just give it to Bobby. I, I, I'm done. I would with, say just give it to Bobby, but I don't think they're going to give it to Bobby. <laughs> I, I feel like they booked Apollo to be such a punk, yo. Like he's he looks like a punk. All he does is like really childish shit like on the, the arm wrestling thing he didn't look strong to me he he ended up cheating bobby back right so he doesn't it, he, he he just doesn't look like i mean he's when you put him in the ring he's got the skills to pay the bills it's fine but it is but in terms of the character wise in terms of the story wise you got to kind of give him an edge and you took that away from him when legitimately he he gets taken out for a complete month and then he returns kind of like nothing happens and beats the guy like you 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 didn't give him that edge. You didn't give him that thing for people to kind of, you know, rally behind. And I think that's what people essentially want to do is rally behind Apollo Crews. But you just can't at this point. Like, there's so many other, there's so many factors that play against him. Like, the Hurt Business is just cooler than Apollo Crews. And yeah. And they and they beat him up. They, they beat him up every week and he runs away from them. Like, well, how am I supposed to? They look cooler to me than them. That's like, I'm looking at Cedric Alexander like. Why don't you just join them? Well, you better, yeah, you better join them. Come on. You, <laughs> they, you better they, back up. They they beat your ass just in progress, joined in progress on Raw Underground this week. Like, what? <laughs> they're unstoppable, bro. Like That's what was so cool about it. They were legitimately mad, and then they said, it's time to go fuck people up, and decided to enter Raw Underground, beat up Dolph Ziggler, which is always a plus in my book, um, <laughs> beat up the War Raiders for whatever reason that they did, probably just because they're, you know... I don't want to say what they did, but I, 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 I mean to, to to go to the War Raiders. I have no effing clue what is going on with the tag title situation on Raw. Street Profits yeah. need guys. I know this this draft is like a, a long way away, but let's be clear: it don't look good for tag teams even with the draft because there aren't that many no. there aren't that many tag teams on NXT anyway. Unless they're going to move up uh, into Share or somebody. It, it doesn't look good. I think they're hoping maybe more. I mean, but people have been slowly coming back. Like, I don't I don't know what else they're kind of waiting for. Like, are we waiting for Bobby Roode to come back? Like, so he can be in team with Dolph Ziggler or something? Like, I think, or are we waiting for whatever my man from um, AOP to be unhurt so he can yeah. come back? I'm not sure what what we're kind of waiting for but yeah you're right they need more opponents they need new opponents unless undisputed is coming unless undisputed is coming that's a thought i mean that would be great that would be great that's a thought uh let's see what else we got here um i i want to close with the triple threat match so i'll just say smackdown is coming on this friday yes there's likely to be additional matches added what we can only surmise in my opinion, is I think a rematch between Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles will be added. Mm-hmm. I think it's the quickest thing. But then again, they've just done some random shit. They've just started booking matches out there. Like Shayna Baszler just looked at Bailey and she got a title shot. So who knows? Well, she beat she beat her. She beat her last week. That's why. Uh, well, okay, fair. Um, 
they are the tag team titles. Were they defended on SmackDown this week? Um, Last week? I no. think it was just a tag team match. It was yeah. a tag team match. I, I oh, think... no, no, no. Stupid Lucha Underground. I was about to say Lucha House Party. They, yeah, bro- they broke up. Bra- halfway <laughs> breaking up anyway. Yeah. So. Which is which is which is ridiculous because unless they're bringing Forgotten Sons back and that's that's where we're gonna go with the tag title situation now, which doesn't make sense because they're heels and Cesaro's Nakamura are heels as well, so I don't think they're coming back. But again, the tag team they situation, might have to unify them titles, man. They might have to unify those titles. Why not at this point? I I think that it, it, I remember we've heard that they've had new new tag team titles for a while. So yeah, why not? Um, they, I I think another unify them. another thing that I, I think we're kind of missing that we're we're kind of missing here is that I think Riddle and Corbin is going to happen this weekend too. So I'm pretty sure that's going to oh, happen. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, so because that's been that's been on the back burner for how long? But that well, would be great. Well, SmackDown's <laughs> opening up, and I and I think that you want to free up Riddle, you want to free up Corbin, you want to free up a well AJ. Like I'm like I kind of hinted to earlier is like I think AJ losing the IC title is not a mistake. And I think that's going to yeah. go into the triple threat. We're, 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 I'm going to I'm going to give my my J five booking on this. Okay, all right, all right. Okay, AJ versus Roman in the fall, heading through the winter. Maybe a little Royal Rumble action. Uh, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say that. You're you're going to hate what I'm going to say. But let's talk about the triple threat. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Let's all right. The so threat. the triple threat match, obviously. This fiend Braun Strowman program, you add Roman Reigns into it, and now it's ultimately must-see. <laughs> like, not miss. I was like, this even looks good on paper. Like, look at him. Look at all three of them. Like, it's just monster after monster after monster. It's it's amazing. Um, You know, they only have one week to promote it, but at the end of the day, it's like, yo, it's Roman Reigns. Yeah, we don't need much. We know the Let's vibes. not even... Yeah, let's not even kid ourselves. Roman Reigns versus The Fiend versus Braun Strowman. Who do you see coming out this match? I think that... It's got to be Roman. It's got to be Roman. Please. No, I, I don't think that he's going to win. I think that The Fiend is going to retain. And I think Otis is going to cash in. <gasps> <laughs> and I think it's going to be Otis and AJ in the fall. And I think it's gonna no. lead, and I think it's, and I think it's gonna lead. <laughs> no, and I, think it's gonna, and I think I think it's gonna either be Roman. Uh, it's probably gonna be Roman and Braun again, and I think that or Roman Braun fiend uh, without the title, and I think that it's gonna eventually lead to AJ Roman or Riddle AJ or something like that down the line. I don't think Roman's gonna win that title until WrestleMania. Basically, I think. Nah, we can't do that again. I'm 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 done with that life. I'm done with the life of waiting for Roman to win this at WrestleMania. It just or, or doesn't Rumble, happen. Or Rumble, or Rumble, like because because to me, my shoe in for for men's Royal Rumble this year is Matt Riddle. I'm saying it might be Keith Lee winning that Royal Rumble, bro. If they play their cards right, it might be Keith Lee. I'm saying, I, what is the Rumble for the, the Thunderdome going to look like? That's going to be so weird. <laughs> That's so weird, right? They got um, They have I'm to get twenty percent capacity in there for that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm saying I think before the end of the year, we get Roman versus Goldberg mm. at some point. Survivor Series. Goldberg, yeah, Goldberg has been. Uh, he's been. You know, talking to whatever. You know, chicken fried podcast thing. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> letting them know that. I got two matches a year, brother, for the next five years. <laughs> like, and Roman's a pussy. Like, that's what he, I mean, it's not verbatim, but he said something like that. Um, 
So, I think before the end of the year, I mean, Goldberg's thing another match. It doesn't seem like they're going to Saudi Arabia anytime soon, unless they are. I don't know. Um, I think we're going to get Roman versus Goldberg at Survivor Series. So, I think they don't need a title for that. That's why that that was what I that's what that's what factored into my thinking, uh, Mills, because I was like, okay, get the cash in over with. The Fiend don't need the belt. We know this. And I think he knows this. He doesn't need the belt. He probably don't even want the shit because he can't carry the show with that fucking gimmick. Have Otis win it. Have AJ get the belt back from 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 uh from Otis in October. There's no pay-per-view in October, Mills. It, it's completely Why fine. Why are we so sure Otis has to win this belt? <laughs> because he's Why can to- <laughs> Otis completely get a lock put through his head? So would you, ra- would, you rather, the the ring? would you rather him win it on, on payback or win it at WrestleMania at the end of the show? <laughs> You're asking me if I would rather... Otis he's win a world to, championship? He's gonna win no, the title. No, I would not rather Otis win a world championship. He's gonna win the title. Fail. He's gonna win the title and AJ is gonna beat him for it. And AJ is gonna then move into either Matt Riddle or uh or Roman Reigns after Survivor Series. AJ's getting that title back, and I think that's the reason he dropped the IC title because they were still wondering what the fuck. Because you think because remember I said this, they can't have these these guys beating weird characters <laughs> to win the title because they have to do weird storylines. Roman is not doing a weird fiend storyline. He's just not gonna all do right, that. Alright, here's here now here's what I'm gonna do. Alright. Since we're booking Otis winning this championship. <laughs> Otis does he he cashes in at payback. Then at Clash of Champions, there's a fatal four-way match, Ooh. and we get the title okay. right back off him. <laughs> That's too much hot shotting, though, uh, Mill. That's way too much hot shotting. That is way too. That's two. That's three title we're changes to get in a, a month. We're trying to get a dignified reign out of Otis. <laughs> we're trying to get a run out of Otis. So what? what are, are you some, kidding me? What? So what are some? Uh, outcomes where he doesn't win this title and he still comes out looking good because they want to make Otis look good. They love Otis. He goes back to heavy machinery. What the fuck does he want? <laughs> what does he want? He's got Mandy. I I, I could what see them win the stupid. I could see them winning uh, the tag titles though. I I could see that with no dude with no new day. They do need they do need depth. That's why I think that they get the belt off of him at least by October, so that they can win the tag titles. This is insane. I I don't like planning this. I don't like planning around Otis. At meals, all. Um, meals. He's got to cash in sometime. I don't think it's a it's an incident that he came out with the damn briefcase at SummerSlam. I was like, okay, I forgot he had it. I don't think Roman's taking the pinfall on Sunday. No, but I do think that the Fiend is going to going to squeeze by. Maybe he maybe Roman spears Braun or something, and Fiend picks it up or something like that. Where where Roman still looks clean, but I think Otis will cash in on the Fiend. That would be insane. Oh my god. <laughs> I, 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 I'm so I'm so and I know this makes too much sense, but I am so sure that AJ's winning the WWE uh, Universal title because he's gonna get a grand slam and it's good or he's gonna get like a a double grand slam and I and I think it's gonna happen this year. Yeah, it probably will. I, I would say he definitely will win. Or at least contend for it at some yeah. point. Because it was just too weird that he that he lost it on the first night of the Thunderdome. I was like, okay, he's definitely going to go back up to the to the top of the cart. Maybe they just want to make the Thunderdome look important. So you have him lose the title, and then what's he going to do after that? He's he ain't going to go fight face Drew Gulak. <laughs> he faces he, he, he faced whoever Daniel Bryan tells him to face. <laughs> damn it, that's who you face. <laughs> uh, but I, but all in all, to be honest, like 
on paper, Payback looks solid as a SummerSlam B show. Like SummerSlam night uh, weekend two. It it looks solid. Yeah. It looks like a really yeah. solid card. Yeah, looks good. Looks good. Especially for a week's notice, it looks good. Um, but that is uh, everything that has happened in wrestling this week. Of course, you can check us out on uh, on the A Show every single week. But you can check out Cyrus and the return of the War Report with a special guest uh, this week. They, they've had like a couple of week hiatus, and uh, he, he's back this week to talk about AEW uh, and NXT in new time slots. In new time slots this week, uh, I think AEW is Thursday. And NXT is Wednesday, so that's going to be very interesting for him uh, to, to talk about this week. But uh, as always, thank you guys for, for listening to The A Show. Please subscribe to us and leave us a comment. Leave us five stars on uh, iTunes uh, and follow us at RNC Radio Live for more content coming out of the show. So until next week, hopefully I'm praying that my uh, my theory is correct in this uh, world title match. Uh, universal title match between uh, the triple threat. I, I think it's going to happen. I think Otis is going to be standing tall at the end of the show. Good Lord. May, <laughs> may, may God help us all. Literally. Uh, so until then, thank you all for listening to The A Show. For Meals, I am Justin. Please wash your hands and wear a damn mask. See you later. Peace.